Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. This is the broadcast for July 16th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we use the blueprint for liberty and the checks and balances that made America great. We the people have one of those great solutions at our fingertips. That is the checks and balances where we're the people. We the people are in charge. We got to get it done, folks. And you got to be engaged in your liberty, or you will lose it. By the way, we're still at Freedom Fest Live, having a phenomenal time. Hoping you are as well. If you're not, oh man, you're missing out. But I'll tell you what, we'll do our very best to bring you uh, the interviews, the people, the the things, the places that we'll try to bring it to you the best we can uh, remotely via the radio. I'm Sam Bushman. We are live two hours a day, six days a week. This is LibertyRoundTable.com, syndicated by the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Ladies for Liberty, gentlemen for Liberty, together we stand as a great fundamental unit of society, the family. And LovingLiberty.net has incredible talk shows and podcasts and curriculums and a whole lot more to help you and your family understand the Constitution and liberty. we got some incredible, incredible interviews coming up, and they all start now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back live to Freedom Fest. Having a fantastic time. Hoping everyone else is as well. By the way, it's a faith-filled, fantastic, freedom-loving. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. And I got two incredible guests with me. Connor Boyack, one of them. Daniel Harmon, the other. TuttleTwins.com. TuttleTwins.tv. Welcome, Connor. Thank you. Man, I haven't had you on the radio with me for a long time, It's been a little while. Glad you've got time for us. What do you think of Freedom Fest? You know, I think this is my ninth year. It's always fun to be able to visit friends and, uh, you know, plot strategies to take over the world and then leave everyone alone. <laughs> Amen to that. What I also find fascinating with Freedom Fest, at least as of recent times, is, you know what? People need to get together, buddy. I think we've been starved for that for a long time. I think there's a lot of energy because people are sick of, you know, staying at home and feeling disconnected from other people. So, yeah, it is good to be rubbing shoulders with people. Daniel Harmon, welcome back to you as well, my friend. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Do you got a quick uh, update thought from Freedom Fest? Just the same thing, loving the energy of people working together to make the world more free and, and just love to be a part of it. All right. I went to the Tuttle Twins uh, TV or whatever you want to say, debut of the incredible cartoons. It was an incredible uh, event, to say the least. Um, since then, what's been going on? So we've had some tremendous audience reaction. Um, we actually have... We won three awards, uh, Telly Awards, one for animation, um, online animation, one for online comedy, another one for um, online education. So that was really cool to see some some validation, and this isn't, the tellies aren't necessarily anything you would consider a freedom movement (laughs) of any kind. They're just an award show, so that was fun. And then also we've had, um, we're at 8.5 stars on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, which is cool because that's a higher score than any kids show or film that disney has released this year and it's a little surprising they'd let you get that though sometimes it seems like whenever freedom folks come to the table for things like that they somehow don't give us the the credit we deserve is that fair well we do have um a few people communists that have got on there and given us one star without watching the show and it does pull the score down but you know that's it is what it is all right well that's exciting news if you ask me 
Connor, one of the things I love about the cartoons and everything else is you've got this slapstick humor in a way, but it's not dirty. It doesn't cross that line. It's not like weird or awkward for parents or anything. It's fantastic. It's funny. But you've also got these subtle jokes for adults in there, too. Our goal was to really have, I mean, I, I think of The Simpsons growing up. Theirs was clearly more crass, but yeah. I did watch that as a kid. And there was silly humor for the kids. And then my parents would laugh because there's the, you know, highbrow, educated humor. And so, I mean, the goal, like with the books too, the cartoon, the whole idea is a family experience. The, you know, it's not just kids' books. The parents are learning too. It's not just a kids' cartoon. The parents are learning too, and they're entertained by it. So we're really trying to tap into entire families so that we can elevate their family discussions, have amazing dinner conversation starters, and really have whole families talking about these concepts together. All right, I want you guys to look at each other and decide who should answer this one. But um, one of the key things to the Tuttle Twins, especially cartoons and TV and the whole project really, um, is in the production of the, the the cartoons, it was really the, the first massive crowdfunded kind of media we've got, which was incredible because we learned a lot of that from, uh, uh, from what's it called, Angel... I'm trying to think. Angel Studios. Angel Studios. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. I was thinking of networks is the problem. Anyway, Angel Studios, we kind of learned that we better fund it ourselves or we're going to get uh, hosed down by the big boys or the whatever you want to say. Um, and, and so what I find fascinating is you guys kind of kick that off and hold the record. It reminds me of an NBA record. We're waiting for it to be broken by your next venture, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say so. Like if you were to go we to hope a, so anyway. If you were to go to a Hollywood executive and say, hey, let's make a show that teaches kids about free markets, economics, entrepreneurship, the golden rule. And like, <laughs> it's not many they're going to bite off on they that. They would have right? laughed at you, huh? Right. So going to the crowd and actually proving that there was a market for that it, to the tune of over 8,000 people that but, wanted but to invest. But more than just a market to watch it, though, we're willing to fund it. That's right. Willing to That's fund it. That's a different level, sir. And in a certain amount of people, I'd say maybe as much as like 25% that were telling us, I don't even care if I make my money back. I just, We just need this to exist Amen. so we can better the country. And, of course, we want to make their money back, and we're working towards that. But, um, yeah, it was incredibly encouraging to watch that happen and and see how people really rallied around us in order to make us the number one crowdfunded kid show in history. Well, what I want you to do is I want you to make the money back, but then I want you to take the money and I want you to put it into the next venture so that it just gets bigger and better and we create this snowball effect, Connor. Uh, that's the goal. We're really trying to build what I call a content empire. So we've got a cartoon, we've got books, a podcast, we've got a game. We're trying to build all tons of stuff so that no matter how kids like to learn or what their age is, we've got something for them. The problem that we're trying to tackle is a significant one, and our opposition is very well-funded. They're very well-resourced. They're very well-connected. And so what we're trying to do is, is a very significant feat. And you're right, Sam, we do need to reinvest. We need to build new content. And so that's very much in kind of the pipeline of we want this to be like a 30-season and long cartoon and we want to spin it off into a Tuttlecon, you know, annual event and connect families together and more books and really try and blow this up. We also want to dovetail it into kind of an entry point for greater alternative educational opportunities, right? Yes. I, I think you, half of I our audience involved in a bunch of other ventures like that too, right? Well, it's interesting. Half of our audience are kind of in public, private or charter school and the other half yeah. are all homeschoolers. And we've seen across the country that homeschooling has basically tripled. So there's definitely a higher interest in alternative education strategies. And a lot of the parents who, whose kids, for whatever reason, are still in the school system, they're recognizing that that is a very substandard uh, output, that they need to 
supplement in the home what their kids either are not getting in schools or the they're getting counter messaging in the schools. It's almost like they have to depropagandize their kids at home, and so they can use our resources to say, "Yeah, you were taught that garbage from your you know socialist teacher. Here's how the world really works. Let's learn together at home." There's an unlearning component, Connor, to this. You got to unlearn. <laughs> the propaganda before you can kind of learn huh i think that's true and but to unlearn that's a very intentional process what we found too often is that parents uh, for a long time especially before covid have assumed the best of institutions like schools and the teacher down the street i i was fine i went to public school i turned out fine and so they've assumed the best but i think covid really uh opened a lot of people's eyes to the significance of the problem to how things have accelerated with activism and agendas being driven through public schools. And so these parents are searching for alternatives. They are searching for wholesome content. They want to know that when they turn on the TV for their kids, they're, they're, you know, they're not being brainwashed by you know, lefties. They, want, they don't want Netflix or even Disney Plus these days in a lot of ways. They're looking for trusted content. So whether it's the books or the cartoon, they, they just parents are busy. They're, they're frazzled. They got a lot going on. They want trusted you know, creators who they can say, yeah, I'm, I'm happy my kids are watching this or reading this book because it's very hard as a parent to be in charge of everything and then also have to be kind of a content moderator for everything that your kids are consuming. They're looking for trusted partners. That's what we're trying to be. I also noticed that a lot of parents woke up too, not even because of the COVID, not even because they kind of got a peek into what they were being taught in school when kids were, you know, online from home and all this kind of stuff. But it's really when um, we heard a little bit about critical race theory or we heard a little bit about mm, the weird sex stuff, teaching going on, education happening, where parents are like, hey, I, I really just want to go down to my school board and talk to them about this and see if we can't, uh, you know, make sure that it's okay. And when they get there, they're like assaulted like you're a terrorist and the FBI is, is involved. In it. I think that's when Americans are kind of going, whoa, whoa, hold on. What the heck have we tapped into here? Yeah, I think there's a fundamental question happening about – who who's in charge of the education of our kids? Me for mine. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, you the, for yours. The responsibility does primarily lie with the parent, as opposed to some that are saying no. That's they shouldn't be able to make their own decisions about that. Like that's that's the job of, of the government or the state or whatever. And and a lot of people are really waking up to the, the fact that they need to get involved, that they need to provide resources because. That's not going to be provided just automatically in, in public schools. It's not necessarily going to reflect their values. And the same thing with culture. That's not necessarily going to reflect their values. So they're looking at resources like the Tuttle Twins books and the Tuttle Twins TV show as a way to be able to really instill those values in, your, in their kids. Connor, I want to talk about the parental feedback that you've got because you, it's one thing to get pe feedback in a theater because it's fun and it's funny and it's, it's all these incredible things and you're, you're part of it. Uh, what about, though, it, the day-to-day -day from homeschoolers and from private educators and things like that? You guys must be getting a treasure trove of feedback, thus guidance for the future, right? So I, I'd say it's overwhelmingly positive with a little sprinkling of negative. Um, you know, we really? Have, well, we have our haters out there, clearly. And, and yes. this is not just a, a ideologically neutral thing that we are about. We are trying to spread the ideas of liberty, and there are people who see that as a threat and therefore believe that we're just out propagandizing children. CNN came after us a few weeks ago. They published a, an op-ed that said the right-wing children's entertainment complex is upon us. 
and uh, attacking what we were doing as this baseless response to the uh, non-existent leftist indoctrination from their vantage point, saying there's nothing to see here. There's no leftist indoctrination you know, of the state. So uh, this is an ideologically driven project to teach truth, and there are people who don't want us to do that. Clearly, though, that there is a massive audience that have felt like these institutions of the school and the media and others have been assaulting the values that we have and the ideas that we believe in. And so they are almost like they're parched in the desert. And finally, they get, you know, those few drops of water on the tongue. And it's such a relief for these families to find us, whether the cartoon or the books, to recognize that, oh, finally, someone is out there, not just combating what the other side is doing, but trying to provide me as a parent the resources that will empower me to talk to my kid about you know, objective truth and about the way the world works. And so for those parents, we're a lifesaver. It's a lifeline. It's a shield against the assault that Amen their kids that. are getting for, from, you know, textbooks and teachers and TikTok and all the rest. Um, and so, you know, again, there are people who don't like what we're doing out there. Uh, but that, you know, we love our haters because they help us sell even more books and get more people to watch the cartoon. But you know what I find interesting? Back in the day when the Southern Poverty Law Center was tacking everybody in, in it, I don't know if you know this, but back in the day, they said that Liberty Roundtable or Liberty News Radio, which is the radio network that I own, is the biggest hate group in the state of Utah. That's great. And they didn't do their research because it was only me. I was a single owner of the whole thing. I was myself, the biggest hater in the state. It's just kind of comical. But the reason I, I bring this up is it almost becomes a badge of honor to those of us who are in the know and who understand. And as the new media continues to take center stage, um, and as we continue to redefine this thing, and their, their gatekeeping days are over. Um, it almost becomes a badge of honor for you guys when when you get written up in rags like you mentioned saying, oh, yeah, there's nothing here. There's nothing to it. Blah, blah, blah. Americans are going, that's a buzzword to say we know that they're over the target, right? That's absolutely right. And especially with CNN, I mean, they helped us directly sell over 100,000 books. Yeah, good uh, work. Keep and, it up, CNN. And, come on. Yeah, so to that I say, does anyone have any contacts at MSNBC? We'd love to get them <laughs> to attack us as well. <laughs> yeah, the New York Times was hanging out with us this whole week. <laughs> this whole week, too. I'm just saying it's starting to become a badge of honor. And as our network gets bigger and bigger uh, and our, our ability to raise money and to, to collaborate and to work together and to be aware of what each other's doing and stuff like that, it's just fueling it. It's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, Daniel, what do you see that kind of dovetailing into? Obviously, the continuation of Tuttle Twins, as Connor highlighted. But what else are you guys working on? Well, just more more of the animated series. So we're finishing up season one this year. So we have episodes 10, 11, and 12 that release in September, October, and November. Yeah. And um, episodes, So this year. Yes. And episodes one through nine are all available on the Angel app. Our distributor is Angel Studios, known for The Chosen. And By the way, I'm watching The Chosen right now. Yes. That is the most killer series ever. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it I'm is a, I'm so a fan as well. <laughs> good. You feel the spirit, though. You feel that it's the most real to life. You can just feel it um, when you watch it. The most real to life that we can get as humans, right? We don't know the story. We weren't there. But we can try to recreate it from the Bible, recreate it through uh, records and uh, anyway, I'm just telling you guys have done a stellar job of making it as real as we can get. Well, thank you. The, the, credit, the credit on that one goes to Dallas Jenkins and, and, and Daryl Leaves on that. But, um, yeah, the, the series is very good. And, and um, Tuttle Twins is available, episodes 1 through 9, now for free on the Angel app. It's also on YouTube if people want to look it up there. So that's that's really cool, and we're just loving loving the audience rea- reaction. Now, what are we doing to, to, to make sure funding keeps it rolling? Because I appreciate it being some places, and that's wonderful. But, you know, we want to make sure the funding keeps rolling in because, look, folks, that's the key to the next venture, right? Yep. So 
Um, cartoons are um, traditionally 70% funded by merchandising. So if you look at properties like Toy Story and Cars, the movies end up just kind of being ads for all the revenue that's that's being driven by the merchandising. Sure. And so we've got things like T-shirts and we've got um, uh, uh, a line of graphic novels or, or comic books that are associated with each of the episodes that will be released. And we're going to have things like stuffed animals and, and action figures and that kind of thing that are that are coming down the line. But also, kind of like the business model with The Chosen, people can watch Tuttle Twins for free and then they are invited to pay it forward for others to be able to watch it as well. And the, so the reason I'm highlighting that, yeah. folks, is this is where though the rubber meets the road. This is where you know what? Don't just ignore that invitation because when you do, you're making it harder for the next stuff to come forward, people. Yes. And when you do fund it, you're making sure that that happens. Yep. You vote with your dollars, right? That's our number yes. one vote that we have. And so as people love the show, they watch it, and they're like, oh, that's great. They can pay it forward for the next people to um, watch as well. And our mission with the show is to reach 100 million kids with the ideas of freedom. And, and if, we, if we just get a dollar or two per kid, we're going on. That, that's, that's the way it works, exactly. All right. Uh, Connor, what about you? you? You got your hand in so many things that you're involved in. I see your, your political stuff in the state of Utah to try to help move the needle towards liberty in that regard. You're working on these projects, too. You're working on Tuttle Twins. You got your hands full, buddy. Uh, yeah, in fact, our think tank in Utah is now spreading across the country. We've bring uh, it on. We got you know several dozen bills that passed all over uh, the country this year based on our work. So now we're helping legislators in other states do what we have done in Utah. So that's been fantastic. Uh, most of my creative energies, though, is being sunk into the Tuttle Twins right now. Uh, we just launched last week a new American history book, for example, 240-page storybook that tells the stories and, more importantly, the ideas of the past. We all share that quote, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Uh, but we do a horrible job at that. All the social studies books that kids are using in school today, they are not teaching kids to learn from the past. They are simply teaching kids about the past. And that disempowers them. It means that they don't know how to draw from our history and apply those lessons to our modern world. They feel like, ah, that was 250 years ago. How is that relevant today? So our new book, we've got curriculum and an audiobook and all kinds of stuff, is meant to help kids, yes, learn what happened in early America, but more importantly, extract from those events the ideas, the philosophies, the values that relate to our modern world. And so that book just launched last week. After two and a half years of working on it, it, it feels good to have it out in the world. All right. Now, you guys have that at your booth, right? It's at our booth and at TuttleTwins.com slash history. And where's the booth? What number are you? Uh, we are number 324 and 325, right next to the bookstore. All right. Got a double booth right there, and you got people talking about it and everything else. Are you guys having some of your stuff in the film section or whatever? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. The anthem. Anthem, uh, yeah. Yeah, we did a Libertas one, so not Tuttle Twins. We did a little a satirical 15-minute video play off of Parks and Rec. We called it Par <laughs> Parks and Heck. And uh, so we, we uh, recreated um, that show to talk about an illegal tax that we're fighting in Utah. We actually have a case before the Utah Supreme Court where a bunch of cities are trying to illegally pass a tax by putting on people's utility bills as a line item that they don't pay attention to. Yeah, they it's don't, just like a fee, Connor. Don't worry about fee. that. It's just a fee. Right. But then they uh, bypass the, the you know public hearings, the transparency, the political process. And so uh, we have a case right now that the Supreme Court heard. We're just waiting for their ruling. And so this video was a fun little creative way of us using comedy to talk about a controversial or boring 
wonky type of issue, and so we had that in the film festival. And what usually happens is they basically pass these things. They add it as a fee on your bill, and then all of a sudden an American, for some reason, gets looking at it and goes, what the heck's this? And somebody else goes, I don't know. Well, it adds up, too. That's the problem. It's always so incremental. Um, can we stop them? I think we can. You've had success doing this in the past. That's why it's going across the nation, right? Yeah, we've changed over 100 laws at this point. And what we found, though, and I think why what Daniel and I are working on is so critical, is that even on the policy side, if we take a step forward and get a law changed, get a law repealed, get you know our rights better protected, that's great. However, for every step forward, we're taking like you know 43 steps back. There's a lot of problems that we're dealing with. So the issue is the culture. If the people do not support you know, the, the, the natural rights that we have and our basic freedoms, then sure, we can convince a few legislators, but if the public is clamoring for something else, that policy reform that our think tank is doing is not going to be sustained. It's not going to be protected and supported. And so what we have to do, I, I, I share this analogy. A lot of us here at Freedom Fest, a lot of these organizations in the think tank world, we're like gardeners. We're in a big orchard full of diseased and decaying trees. These trees are old, they're gnarled, and we're out there with bucket loads of fertilizer trying to restore them to good health because we got to save the trees. The analogy, of course, is that we're out there educating adults who are well-formed in their opinions, right? It's very hard, but, but we need to. We're out there educating voters. We have to do that. However, any good gardener worth his salt is also focused on the seeds and the saplings, making sure that they can be spared the same fate as their elder peers. Yes, let's fertilize the old trees. Yes, let's try and restore them to good health. But my heavens, can we help the rising generation avoid the problems that we're having now? And so the investment in reaching and teaching kids that we're doing with the cartoon, that we're doing with the books is so critical if we want to have a sustainable, you know, freedom fighting movement that can actually make a difference far into the future. Well, and your point's well taken. You know, a lot of us are just focusing on the liberty adult movement or whatever, and we're just getting older and older and older. And, hey, we've got to make sure that we focus on the young and the new generations. You know what? It's kind of like the guy that says, you're our future, son. Right? I mean, it's it's silly, but it's true. <laughs> All right. Daniel, final comments? Um, yeah, we just love the support. Um, we love it when people uh, get on uh, YouTube and watch the videos and, and, and leave comments and they get on download the Angel app and watch it there. And I think the... I think the world's ready for this, and that's very much being proven out in the numbers of the numbers of books being sold, the number of people coming to watch the show, and there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope, and playing the long game, I think, is the way to go, uh, is being able to change the heart, hearts and minds of the kids so that 10 years from now, as they enter colleges and as they enter voting booths and as they start to get involved in their community, they have a much better foundation of the values that really carried them forward and um, help, help the, the cause of freedom. Connor, one last point. As we re-entrench as Americans and kind of wake up and realize what's going on, the liberals, the communists, the socialists, the left, whatever term you want to use for these people, the woke, the, I don't know, whatever, they're starting to panic, which tells me that we are making gains that they know can change the game. Uh, and, And so that's why they're panicking. We just need to add to the pressure. They're panicking, but they're powerful. And the point that I try and convey to a lot of parents is, you will lose every battle that you don't know you're fighting. We are in a mind war. 
We are in a mind war. We are in an ideological battlefield. Our children are at ground zero for being bombarded with messages to take them in a different direction with different ideas, values, and philosophies. And if you as a parent send your kid out in the world or school or on YouTube or TikTok or whatever to start embracing ideas and being bombarded by these messages without first empowering them with a foundational understanding of what you believe and what the truth is, you're, you're sending your children into battle without armor let alone weaponry. So for us, for me, Tuttle Twins is that shield, is that sword to say, let's empower our kids, let's teach them truth before we send them out into the world to, like a sponge, absorb what they're hearing, let's empower them first. Let's have those dinner family conversations about the ideas of truth and freedom. That's what the Tuttle Twins mission is all about. Daniel, my brother, you get that last word, sir. <laughs> well, just go to TuttleTwins.tv then <laughs> and go watch the show for free. And if you love it, um, you can pay it forward. And even if you don't, you can just watch it for free, enjoy it, and hopefully your kids will, will like it as well. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News. President Joe Biden is meeting with the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. I guess I will see the, the king and the Crown Prince. But that's, they, that's not the meeting I'm going to. They'll be part of a much larger meeting. This comes despite saying he'd only meet with his father. The change of plans also come just two years after Biden vowed to make the Middle Eastern Kingdom a, quote, pariah. In 2020, Biden stated that the Saudi regime was to blame for the 2018 murder of a Washington Post columnist. Even though the prince denied being involved in the killing, U.S. intelligence was adamant that the Saudi ruler had ordered the hit at its consulate in Turkey. This is USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800 630 1490. That's 800 630 1490. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800 630 1490. 800 630 1490. Former President Donald Trump says he's already made a decision about whether to run again in 2024. In an interview with New York Magazine, Trump said his, quote, big decision will be whether he announces before or after November's midterm elections. 
There's going to be some changes with United Healthcare options. Health insurance company United Healthcare announced during an earnings call Friday, starting next year, United Health will stop charging a copay to its fully insured members for several critical medicines, including insulin. Red hot inflation has led many patients to ration life saving drugs and become sicker as a result. CEO Andrew Witte added, This all depends upon manufacturers restraining and lowering the list price of their products, which is the fundamental driver of costs. End quote. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. This is USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Freedom Fest continues. Wow. A lot going on, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Everybody is gearing up for the next day of the fantastic Freedom Fest. And, man, there's people everywhere. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Our press conference at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, in addition to the Freedom Fest, man, it's been a week of liberty, baby. I'll tell you that right now. Our next guest, Shauna Cox, freedom fighter extraordinaire. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, ma'am. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. Beautiful morning. So catch us up. What the heck's going on with you, Shauna? Oh, trouble, you know. I'm trying to... (laughs) Only That's trouble right. for bureaucrats and thugs and thieves and professional do-gooders. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not trouble for our side when Shauna's in the house. Uh, so catch me up, though. What do, you, what do you got going on? I know you had some lawsuits before going on, and they were bugging you and harassing you with all kinds of stuff still, right? They are. We're still trying to fi- prove that common law is the way to go, that we have freedom and liberty through the common law of the people, the grand jury, common law grand juries that are standing up to uh, help the people like they're supposed to. This is a case you wonder if we can win, not because we're not right, but because they're just so corrupt. That's correct. Um, I don't know that they'll even... uh, Let me give you an example. You prove a point legally, and they'll just act like it doesn't exist. Or they'll just lie and cover it up, and then they'll subpoena this and that, and they'll prevent you from turning over records or they'll prevent you from due process and getting information. They won't let you get information. They won't let you subpoena. They won't let you call your own witnesses. They won't let you represent yourself. I mean, it just go, I don't even know how to articulate it because it just goes on and on and on and on of the, I don't, what do you call it? Just criminal, just flat out in your face, criminal activity. Correct. I spoke to a live sitting judge who told me that um, it doesn't matter what you do, if, what you call yourself. He just calls us extremists. And that they just are told to ignore you and what? to just go ahead and do whatever they want to do. I asked him, do you, don't you have to um, follow the Supreme Court ju- the same Supreme Court rulings? And, and he said, well, yes and no. Um, what? It depends on what year that they made the ruling. I what said, are you talking about? That's what I said. I said, are you kidding? What did you, you're making kings out of judges. So it doesn't matter whichever judge made the last ruling it becomes law so i had ken cromar on the radio the other day dear friend by the way i back him a thousand percent ladies and gentlemen Uh, and what happened to him is he was trying to file documents at the court and he was literally at the courthouse we played this audio on the radio and he was talking to the clerk there and the the conversation we aired on the radio between ken and the clerk and ken's like hey i'd like to file these documents she's like i'm not willing to receive your documents he's like 
look by the law. I have the right to file these documents. She goes, I'm just not doing it. The judge said not to. I'm not doing it. And he said, listen, ma'am, by law, we need to do this. She said, I don't care. I'm not doing it. And he said, why? And anyway, the bottom line is it came out that the problem with Ken is he's a vexed litigant. Oh. Now, what in the hell <laughs> is a vexed litigant? And so what I said is, wait a minute, a vexed litigant, if you go look it up, is you file all kind of frivolous lawsuits. That's what the definition of, quote, vexed litigant is supposed to be. The problem is Ken didn't file a bunch of lawsuits. They were the ones that went after him. He was minding his own, living his life, just doing his own thing as a, as a filmmaker. And they decided to be a vexed government against Ken. And then they call him a vexed litigant. And, and this is the kind of, you can't make this stuff up, Shauna. I, his, I believe you. I mean, it was crazy for them to come and steal his house at, without even having a trial, without anything, and, and saying it was the IRS. And it and, was. And, and hold on. Then the IRS said, well, we don't even really have an issue with Ken. This is dismissed. That's right. But now all the other 15, I don't know what you want to call it, court cases continue. Right, and they're trying to make him guilty of going into his own home and, and <laughs> calling him a criminal that he broke and entered. And he, yeah, he stole oh. Man, and stole his own property. <laughs> and so the same kind of stuff is happening to you, though, really, right? Well, yes and no. I have, I'm have. i trying to prove another point altogether. But the same thing happens to people over and over, and I see this. And so my, my whole thing is to try to help the people, the common man who is getting speeding tickets down the road for nothing because they become nothing but... Uh, the officers that are picking them up have no right to do that. They are not even following the law. They don't know the Constitution, and they are arresting people and charging them. So they're nothing more than Pharisees that stop and steal your money. They hide and wait and then attack you just for money. And so that's kind of where my battle's been going. But I did stand with Ken, and I Amen. love Ken. He is trying so hard to fight this battle, and we went there to help him. I stand with Ken. I went there to help him, too. I was able to get some audio from some radio shows that I had booked Ken on, including my own, uh, that he could try to submit uh, as evidence of his intentions and where he stands and what he's trying to do to defend himself uh, against, in my opinion, these robbers and thieves. Um, but I find that interesting, though, that all of us are dealing with the same issue, which is they just simply set aside the law. And what it reminds me of is King George and the Declaration of Independence, Shauna, where we hear that they're just eating out our substance, where they're just all these I don't know what you want to call them, but they're just, they're harassing the people with these little nickel and dime this and that. Oh, you 200 bucks for this. Oh, you 100 bucks for that. Oh, you this. Oh, you that. So my son is driving down the road in his car. I'm going to give you this comparison because it really highlights the point. He's driving down the road in a car, in his car, and his wheel falls off. Yeah. And he almost wrecked. His wheel fell off. And his wheel fell off and, and hit another car. Oh. Which I... is horrible. We all agree that it's horrible. And, but look, my son had no evidence or no prior information that, Anything like that would happen. Yeah, those are called accidents. Yes, they are, <laughs> to normal people. Right. Okay, but what happened is they charged my son. Now, I For get, what? I, well, I'm going to tell you in a second, but I get that he owes the other people that had their car hit innocently. I mean, even though it's an accident, somebody sure. owes, and it, it would be my son or his insurance. I get all that. Yes. But they literally sent a thing to my son that said, hey, you need to appear in court. Uh, you are driving a dangerous vehicle. And you are uh, going to be under arrest if you don't appear. Every I, single citation they have says that at least three and times. And I thought, have you lost your marbles? My son didn't know that his car was 
unsafe or he wouldn't have been driving it. Okay, he's not stupid. <laughs> and, and so, but now they're saying, you know, you are going to be under arrest if you don't appear in court. Yes. But what on earth is this all about, though? It's like he's the criminal now. He's the enemy. And the only one that profits is the government. So he had to pay a chunk of money to avoid going to court. They said, well, you know, when you call in, they're like, well, if you pay this money, if you pay this evil, eat out your substance fee, then you won't need to come to court, sir. I, that's what I'm talking about. That's what speeding tickets are, all of that, because there's a law called U.S. Code Title 18 under I think we all ought to speed. We all ought to get tickets, and we ought to get everybody arrested. We ought to just all get arrested intentionally. At the same time. Absolutely. That's right. Because these people it. are just absolutely off their rockers crazy. I, I agree with you. I my mean, son's going, my car is ruined now. I can't get to work. I got my car in the shop. I'm trying to get it fixed. I almost died. Because, you know, you're going fast on the freeway. Yeah, so who cared about that? Nobody. Right. Well, I Not did because I'm his dad, of and he course. did, of course. Oh, yeah. and, and I but, did. <laughs> of course. Jeez. But these people are just like, oh, my gosh, you were driving an unsafe vehicle. You are subject to arrest now. And I'm thinking, my poor son has been through this gnarly ordeal. Um, the poor other people got their car hit. I mean, I feel bad for them, too. Don't misunderstand me. But it was un- it was not intentional. He didn't know that his car would have any problem like that. It was a fairly newer vehicle um, that he had purchased and everything. And I- I'm telling you, it was nobody's fault. I-, I don't know how it happened. It's just these are freak kind of things that go down. But to then say he is subject to arrest and fine? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So let me tell you, that's what happened down by St. George. And I had the same issue where... The, the, a, a pile of officers were pulled over a car on a bridge and right in the middle of rush hour. And all of them had blocked off two lanes, so it all of a sudden shoved everybody over into the left lane. When I got shoved into the left lane, I'm trying to move over, and I did not have time to stop in the car in front of me, and I hit them. Well, that's okay. We have insurance because of those reasons. So my insurance paid to fix my car and to fix their car and then they give you a citation a citation for what now i they want me to pay them a few hundred dollars what did they lose nothing i said when you can prove that i did anything that it wasn't their officer's fault that i hit that car from behind then i'll pay you Oh, but that doesn't matter. Well, and the other question, too, is if you didn't have insurance or if you somehow were liable and you wouldn't pay the other party or you couldn't make amends for your accident, your mistake or whatever else. Okay, I get that. But there's none of that in this case, in either case we're talking about. Right. They didn't because you can be self-insured. You can make the deal with the person that you injured to bring them home. Of course. You don't have – Why? who is forcing you to make you do that? That's totally un constitutional it's illegal i mean unlawful let's say unlawful yeah because i don't know about legal what does that even mean yeah legal murdering babies was legal until just recently right 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 so legal is not the word so lawful but i'm just saying they're making up their own laws and getting away well they're making up their own pretend legislation is what they're really doing sure right because they're not really laws let's be clear that's right. And so it's going to be uh, judges that are making um, edicts from on high. Yeah, that's what you could call it. They're kings. They become a king. And we and when do we stop all this? They're almost worse than kings because when it's a king, you know it's a king. This guy acts like he's just the 
arbiter of truth and justice. Right. A okay, tyrant. He, he's not even acting like he's a king like I'm above you. He's acting like, I'm just your, your humble servant here, Shauna. And I'm going to temper mercy and justice. And it's, it's just like, oh, you thug from the pit of hell. What is up with you? Right? Oh, yes. But, but let me tell you. So in this case that I'm working on, in my own case in my county, I have the same issue. And I have ticked off that judge so bad that he actually did a bench trial on me under protest. Whoa. Trying to run over the top of me, and now he's trying to, I mean, he was shaking so hard, and I had court watchers in the courtroom. They were just having a come apart. And he said, you cannot film this. You cannot, everybody put down your phones. And we said, well, wait, don't, we have witnesses that they can record what's happening in the court. We have recorders. Yeah, we're the only ones that get a document. (laughs) We're the victors, and we write the history. Don't you know that, Shauna? Yeah. Haven't you learned that yet? And don't put anything on those records because you can't because we're just going to strike them and delete them off of the records so you can't have Yeah, that. you're a vexed person. Yes. It's, oh, it's insane. You're probably a sovereign citizen, huh? <laughs> See, they make up all these words that, and they wordsmith them into their own definitions, right? Yes, it's just crazy. All right. What do we do about this, though? Because you know what? We can fight them. We can try, but they just simply because they print the money. They just run us all out of money and run us all out of time and run us all out of resources, right? That's correct. And so what I'm thinking is people need to come to these places like the Freedom Fest for the people who really get it. Learn it. Learn this. Learn your rights and learn the rule of law. The rule of law that people don't understand is the Magna Carta, which they swore an oath to anybody that is an, as an attorney, has a... B-A-R license, British Accredited Registry. Yeah, and then we bring that up and they try to say, oh, that's not a real thing. All the bar means is it's this wall between the average Joe that sits in court and the special people that are up front that get to make all the decisions. It's just this kind of um, divider there. That's all it really means. Oh, yes, right, Because they, but they do know because I've been to the federal court. I know they know. They know, and so... They took an oath to that bar, and they don't care about the Constitution, and they won't let us bring a Constitution into the federal courtrooms or anything. And, and so the leaders know, the elites know, but a lot of the attorneys, though, swear to the bar out of, out of pure ignorance, though, and they don't know, right? Some of them. Some of them do not because all they're taught in law school now is case law. Case law is an opinion that goes on and on, so that's why they make them into kings. So whatever, yeah, and, that and that's why, by the way, when Roe got overturned, or, or when whatever you want to say, Roe versus Wade, yeah, um, got overturned, um, they're just simply saying, "Hey, we're rendering a different opinion back to the original opinion, so to speak. We're undoing what the bad opinion was, right?" Right. Do we give them that all that authority? They're supposed to decide if it's constitutional or not. Well, and they're not supposed to be um, rendering opinions uh, based on their own whims. Sure. They're supposed to be looking at the law and saying, look, we're supposed to interpret the intent of the founders. The law in the books, we're supposed to strictly adhere to the, the purpose. And if there needs to be clarification, rather than just rendering whatever they want, they need to simply say, we can't render this. Congress has got to clarify. In other words, we need to be going back and forth with the checks and balances here, not just having these thugs on high just render whatever the heck they want, whatever they're feeling today. That's correct. So now, like you said, he receives a citation. Your son gets the citation. Three times in those citations, it warns you that if you don't do this, it's under threat of imprisonment. Yeah, it's insanity. They're going to arrest you, arrest you. Look, a speeding ticket wasn't even an arrestable offense, but they put a warrant out for me because I was speeding. How was that? 
escape. That's, that's not even a crime. So how do you get these? And your poor son, he's a victim. And, and he is, has the right to pay the restitution and make the person whole and be free. So Absolutely. why do they have the right to come and extort money from him? Because that's all it is, extortion, coercion, extortion, and threats. And it's wrong. And so even following their own laws. So the rule of law is the Magna Carta and the Constitution and the laws which are in pursuance thereof. And I call it intentional, vicious, uh, intentional, vicious intimidation. Well, because that's what we're talking about, right? It's true. And that's what, like you said, that's what they're doing to Ken. So they ignore the, the facts and they just go after um, it's a feeling. So the judge, you've upset the judge or upset an attorney. And because the bar is a brotherhood, then if you dare step on somebody's toes, then every, then they're all against you. So they create what they call, and I've learned this from the Department of Public Safety. It started in, in the state of Arizona. And that Department of Public Safety was from the governor. And he created a standing army against the people. Guess who secures that state capital. The Arizona Department of Safety, which are the highway patrols, the same thing they're doing in the state of Utah. Which what you mean is unconstitutional law enforcement. Because Absolutely. we don't need those bureaucrats that are appointed or that are ran by other departments where there's no checks and balances. That's why the county sheriff is so vital. Absolutely. Okay? And what you create is this unconstitutional, dishonest, immoral overlay that then creates a battle with the sheriff. Most times the sheriff doesn't know his role, so he backs off, and then they fill the vacuum, right? Oh, absolutely. You got it. That's how it works, and that's what we have to stand against. I mean, that's where this whole um, freedom fighter is going to, yes. Freedom fighter extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen, with me, Shauna Cox. We're talking about the rule of law in America. We're talking about the moral law, though, too. Remember, laws come from God, not bureaucrats and government. And we've got to understand that, you know what, when it comes to God's law, there's a moral component here. It is immoral to attack my son, who already had, I don't know what you call him. When they want to protect themselves, they call him, you know, we're not responsible for acts of God or this or that or acts of nature or whatever they write into their contracts. This is my son. He's rolling down the road in his car. He doesn't know there's anything wrong with it. There's no sounds. There's nothing weird. And all of a sudden, his wheel just falls off. Isn't that oh, that's okay? So he, he, he pulls over. He's already traumatized. Then his wheel rolls and hits some other car, which now he's double traumatized going, oh, my gosh. And the cop comes and then they treat him like he's a criminal. Sit over here. Fill this out. What was your deal? The, 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 here's your insurance. What? And, and, and then he gets it. And then they give him this thing and we get home and he doesn't have time to read it because he's so traumatized. He comes home and he's an adult, by the way. So I can't even really help him because, remember, I can't help another adult either because they're just like, no, i got to talk to the person. Give me the person with the driver's license or whatever. So I can't even help, right? I can't right. even talk through this in a meaningful way to help him. Oh. and Right? Because he's an adult. Yeah. Okay. So then um, he says, Dad, um, I'm home and I'm, he's sitting on the couch just kind of trying to unwind from this whole thing that just happened to him. And he's reading it and he goes, Dad, what do I do? They say that I'm going to be arrested. I'm like, hold on, son. Let me look Panic at Panic on top of trouble. Okay. So now he's afraid he's going to be arrested. It turns out to be a weekend, so he can't even deal with it, can't even get answers. For days, he's just stewing in this, I don't want to say fear, because he's not a wimp or anything. I'm just saying he's kind of going, 
Um, <laughs> it's trauma. You know, and, and so I'm just thinking, why do we have that in America? And I'll tell you the answer. Because they have no other way to keep control of the slaves but through pure, hardcore, intentional, vicious intimidation. And guns. Well, they got the guns That's there. what I mean. You shouldn't have a gun. You might do something <laughs> bad. I mean, you might save somebody's life with it or something like that. Right. You might prevent from being raped with it or something. I mean, you might do really bad things, Shauna. I know, but see? see, that's, but so if people understand the law, there is a law that prevents that, and it's called U.S. Code Title 18 under Section 245B1E. Whoever, whether or not under the color of law, interferes with your travel, there is a $10,000 fine for them and one year in prison. And if they have a weapon, oh. it's 10 years in prison. Folks, I'm just telling you right now, we need to get a handle on this. And, and the bottom line for the solutions, ladies and gentlemen, we better pray to God Almighty hard. We better repent and keep his commandments so that he can bless us and protect us from these goons. And most importantly, my fellow Americans, one of the things that we need to do, the reason we can't succeed right now is because there's not enough of us. Okay, If there was enough of us, this would stop. If 50,000 Americans uh, were to all of a sudden get traffic speeding tickets or I don't know what my son's violation was. I don't even know how to no say No violation. There was no violation. I don't even know what they even claim except for, I guess, he was intentionally endangering other people uh, with his whatever. Um, if 50,000-plus Americans were to in the courts just say, look, we're not taking this anymore. We're not. And they were to fight it like Shauna's doing or fight it like Ken Cromar's doing or fight it like so many others are doing, we wouldn't be in this position because they would absolutely be overwhelmed to the point where they could not hold the slaves down. Amen. Stand up and support those that are standing. That's what you've got to do. You've got to help back them up and help those that are making these crazy crimes and, and turning people into criminals. You have to help them understand and educate them. Remember, Thomas Jefferson said to educate is to liberate. So if we don't educate the people as to what they're really doing, then they will continue to become these tyrants amongst the people. It's our own people. We, the people, have got to step up, teach them what laws they are actually breaking, and to hold tight to the rule of law, know the Constitution. If you have taken an oath to the Constitution, which I find that most of them have no idea what it is, then they don't uphold it. And that's really important. And we need to really put the pressure on, ladies and gentlemen, to make sure that we put people in place who will not take advantage and who will not turn into tyrants. Okay, there are humble people out there who will do what is right. We just got to find them, elect them, and support them. And if they stay true, back them. If they don't, replace them. Very, very simple stuff, folks. But it takes absolute eternal vigilance. Our founding fathers said, you have a republic if you can keep it. Boy, howdy, it's time for us to work on keeping it, Shauna. That's right, because they said if we can't keep it, then the only, once we lose our freedom, the only way it's going to bring back is through bloodshed. And we don't want to go back to there. We've got to stop it like now. We're getting out of control. All right. A quick uh, final tidbit with Shauna. Uh, you've been at the Freedom Fest. Uh, what, what have you found to be the most intriguing things? What, who have you talked to? What, give me your experience, will you? Oh, it's phenomenal here. And I'm so, I've been uh, in looking at the movies a lot. Because there are just some phenomenal stuff coming out, wonderful books. I, I can't even tell you all the names because they were so fantastic. But 
they are really keep watching the the marquees. The movies will be coming out. We have great com- uh, comedy movies. Things are going to teach the Constitution that are helping the people learn about uh, freedom and and liberty and the laws. And so I think it is, but it but it's done in such an awesome way that they're doing cartoons for children, education for your. Um, kids so they don't have to have yeah, vaccines. Yeah, Connor Boyack and the Tuttle Twins comes to mind, oh, huh? that wonderful? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, last point. I know I got an email from Ammon Bundy saying, hey, I'm running for governor, guys. I made a mistake. I got a press conference on it to um, let you know about it and to apologize and everything. I really commend Ammon Bundy for this because you know what? How many politicians um, would do that? The answer is zero. And that's why Ammon is not a politician. He's a statesman running for office. That's why I publicly endorsed him for governor of Idaho, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, and so, but he literally humbly said, guys, I made a mistake here and I want to tell you about it. Uh, do you, can you give us a quick update on that? Oh, absolutely. Ammon is probably the humblest person that I could ever think of to run for a public office. And, and all the cost that cost, is costing him to run is is unbelievable, but oh, he will sure. not give it up. He knows that he needs to do this because if somebody doesn't stand against what's happening in Idaho, then we just become more slaves. And so he's willing and put himself out on that as, uh, as a sacrificial lamb. I call him hanging on there, but he is a very humble and yeah, righteous man. He certainly man. signed up for the whipping post. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's getting he's getting a. a but but what did he what did he have to apologize for? What did he? Um. They didn't say exactly something he said about Brad Little. He said that wasn't exactly correct, so he wanted to make sure he straightened All right, that so out. So sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when we speak off the cuff, statements are made, and then it's like, well, that's not exactly what I meant, or that's not exactly, I, I guess I misunderstood something. It's that kind of a mistake. And the reason I point that out is I'm grateful that Ammon comes to the table to admit it and to, to stand up as a real man would do and own it. But I also tell you that it's inconsequential and that it's circumstantial. Uh, there was no evil intention or anything else. There's no real big mistake. There's no scandal. There's none of that kind of stuff. It's just a, he's an honest man, and he says, you know what? I didn't have this quite right, and I want to be honest with you people and explain it all. Something uh, lesser men would never even think of doing, Shauna. Right, that's true because he is a straight shooting man. He is honest as the day is long, and so he will tell you the way it is, and he will apologize when he's wrong. Anyway, I wanted to get that out because I think that's really important for people to understand, um, you know, who we're dealing with. The question becomes this. If Little had kind of done the similar misunderstanding or kind of misstatement or whatever that, that Ammon made, would Little be apologizing to Ammon? Oh, I not don't on, think so. Not on your right? life. So it just shows you who's who is the reason that I'm bringing it up. It shows you the honesty, the attention to detail, the, integrity. the humility, the integrity of an Ammon Bundy, ladies and gentlemen. I maintain my written public endorsement. Uh, of Ammon. Uh, what, a, what a great guy. What a, what a humble servant of the people. What a statesman. Uh, anyway, that's my only comment on that. Any final thoughts, Shauna? Amen. I just want to say amen to that. He is absolutely, I love the man. He is uh, a hero in America. He needs to keep standing strong, and he is. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Shauna Cox, Freedom Fighter Extraordinaire. We are at Freedom Fest, and you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for... Wow, it's already the 16th of July in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Man, we're still at Freedom Fest. We're having a fantastic time. We've got guests, Lydia Nuttle, coming up. We've even got an atheist on your radio. They believe in liberty, too. Did you know that? And how do we work with them? Even though we seem to have some fundamental irreconcilable differences, can we learn to get along? I think the answer is a clear, resounding yes. How do we get that done? We'll tell you all about it in seconds as Liberty Roundtable Live continues with our interviews from Freedom Fest, baby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live at Freedom Fest. Man, it's just full of people. A packed house is what I'd say. Thousands of people everywhere. Liberty-loving Americans rubbing shoulders, having a great time, shaking hands, eating food. Just enjoying you to the company. What a marvelous, marvelous sight to behold. I can tell you that right now. Lydia Nuttall with me, ladies and gentlemen. And she does a podcast called Ask an Immigrant Show. Uh, and it's really an incredible show. We'll let her tell you about it a little bit more. She's a syndicated host on the Loving Liberty Radio Networks, lovingliberty.net. Lydia, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hey, thank you for having me here. First off, who's Lydia? Who are you? Oh, goodness. Who am I? I am a woman. Wait a minute. You can define woman? <laughs> Good yes, for I, you. I love it. I am a woman who has a passion for our country and preserving the liberties that we have here for ourselves and for our our genera- rising generation and the generations beyond them. Not to mention a beacon to the world. Amen. Yes, we are. All right. So how did you get uh, interested in radio, first of all? Secondly, how did you get interested in the idea of an Ask an Immigrant? I love it. It's a twist on a show that I've never heard before. <laughs> uh, the whole process is, to me, one miracle after another. I wrote a book uh, called Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution. It's short stories compiled with pictures specifically for families to use as a resource to teach forgotten principles of liberty and stories of our nation's founding to their kids, all ages. And it was a hit in some venues and some venues not. The homeschool uh, moms, etc., ate it up. Public ed did not, unfortunately, uh, but I guess that's maybe no surprise. And so as a result of writing that, I connected with an organization called We the Kids, and they, their purpose is to put God back into America's story. And I thought, good heavens, that's my, that's my goal also. And we teamed up together, and they got me connected with a radio station in Philadelphia to put these forgotten American stories to air them, uh, teach them on, on the radio, on their show. And so I started doing that, and then that's what led me to meeting people where they, they've come to America and they were sharing with me how grateful they were for my work with this book and that they, they would share their stories of how they came to America and uh, what they found here, uh, you know, liberty to grow, to expand, to pursue their the, the American dream. And I loved these stories that contrasted their country with 
hours. And many of them were so pivotal in, that I felt were so pivotal to share because they, they share the things of what liberty is not in their, in their native country and why they came here to, to find liberty. Because we really take liberty for granted here. How can we not? We've never really known anything else. But these people know the difference, and they could share a story of contrast. This is what my life was like before I came to America, and now this is what my life is now. And I thought, okay, we got to we got to air these. So I connected with LovingLiberty.net, and they said we'll help you out. It's an incredible comparison and contrast when you ask the immigrants about their lives, about the differences, about what they see, about what they learn, about why they're here, about what they hope for, about, and it really taps, taps into their dreams, doesn't it? It totally does. It's, it's, and, and, and that's what I think we all do as human beings. We have dreams. We have goals. We, we have a vision for what we want our lives to be like, and that's why they come, because America uh, has this amazing thing called freedom, liberty, and you can go as high as you want if you're willing to put in some skin in the game, uh, take risks, uh, uh, collaborate with others, you can achieve, uh, I really haven't heard very many stories of uh, anything other than I found what I was looking for here in America. And these people are willing to put skin in the game, though. Their work yes. ethic, their dedication, <laughs> their commitment to yes. what they see is just, it's, it's, it's jaw-dropping inspiring is the words I'm looking for here. It really is just is. something to behold. It brings you to tears on one hand. It makes you just grateful on the other. You just can't get enough of it. It's so true. I'm hooked. I'm addicted to interviewing more and more. So if anyone's listening and you're an immigrant or know someone who's an immigrant has a, a story that uh, they're willing to share, then contact. contact. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you go to that to do that? Do, ForgottenAmericanStories.com? Nope. You can do Lydia at LovingLiberty.net. Lydia, L-Y-D-I-A, at LovingLiberty.net. Yes. Now, is uh, ForgottenAmericanStories.com, that's your website, right? It's, yes, that is my website. All right. So we, that's a good website, too, to kind of highlight your book and kind of how it all got started. They're one-page stories celebrating the Constitution, right? Yes, they do. That's the whole purpose, is to help us really uh, appreciate the form of government that we have in the United States of America. Now, don't you do We the Kids, too, then? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. And Lydia's got her hands full, people. <laughs> I do. And I'm a mom. This, this woman knows what a woman is, and she's getting it done. <laughs> Amen. Yes, I am. With everyone's help. Well, when it's you want to get something wonderful. done, all you got to do is ask a mom, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. A lot of times you go to the busiest people, you know if you're going to get something done. But you also go to a mom because they can handle things all at once. Strangely enough, I walk into the house and smell something. I'm like, food. And they're like, hey, is the laundry done? Did you guys get this done? Where's so-and-so? And they got all these things <laughs> happening at the same time. It you shows the difference it. between a male and a female mind, right? Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> all right. So as you do the Ask an Immigrant show, are you surprised every time? To hear the stories? Yes, because I never know what their story is until I start asking them questions. And it's amazing to hear why people have come. A, a lot have come here for educational purposes. Yes. Because they couldn't receive that kind of education in their, their home country. And by the way, justifiably so. <laughs> and uh, some came for love, surprisingly. I, I interviewed one woman who came from France, and she just was here. Uh, she loves her native country. 
she just came here to visit her kids and she fell in love with an American and next thing you know da, na, 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 All right. so she's here because of that uh, and there's some that have literally escaped from horrible atrocities from their home country uh, with the shirt on their back um, so yeah stories where Americans had to raise funds to send to this you know various people in, in uh, Africa in, in particular to get them out so they could come here to America and pursue um, their dreams. All right. So all the Bushman family <clears throat> came across the seas and they landed in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And there's a big, long history uh, about that and everything else. We're celebrating that and everything. But the reason I'm telling you this is my great, great, it's either three or four great grandmothers. I can't remember. But she came as a white person to America. And what happened is when they all got on the ship, they paid their passage. But then what happened is the ship somehow had storms and all these things, and it took more days to get here than they had counted on. And uh, they wouldn't release the family from the ship until they paid. Well. <laughs> no, really. They wouldn't let them <laughs> off the ship. And so what happened is this dad had to let his daughter, which is my great-great-great-great-grandmother, um, she had to be an indentured servant to pay everybody's bills from the time she was like 13 wow. till the time she was like 19 or something like this to um, pay all the remaining balances for everybody. And she did that, but she was this white indentured servant in America and Pennsylvania, Isn't for crying out loud. Well, bless her for doing that. She sacrificed a lot then so that others could have their freedom, too, here in America. And here's the interesting part. Um, you would think that she'd just be bitter the whole time. She actually became great friends with the family that she worked for because they treated her kindly and they worked together. And before you know it, she kind of felt part of their family in a way, too. Now, that's a weird dynamic, if you ask me. But, <laughs> again, this is what I mean by these stories, though. The point is, though, she was so grateful to be in America, even in spite of all that. That is amazing. My grandmother immigrated here from Finland. She didn't know a lick of English. She had she was the oldest of 16 kids. She just wow. came here for a better life than, than the farm life that was there where she was raised. And she wouldn't even leave Ellis Island is where she arrived on a ship. She was supposed to meet her uncle, and she had never met him before, but had a picture of him. And he couldn't make it, and he sent his wife to pick her up, and she was scared to death and would not leave with uh, her uncle's wife. Uh, and so stayed there at Ellis Island until her, her uncle could finally come and get her. And she worked as a maid for a family in uh, New Jersey and did that hard labor to wow. um, get herself established till she met her and husband. For, and for these people, though, I think about that, and you mentioned that she was scared, and I, I just can't imagine what it would be life just to leave your home, to be all alone, to do a lot of the so things true. that these heroic people do. It is just, I, I can't kind of fathom that kind of stuff. It, there must be something here that makes it all worth it, to make for sure. putting away your fears, your family, leaving all everything that you know behind every your language behind your traditions behind your food the food that you're used to behind everything behind to come here to america i think that's beautiful amen to that reality and ladies and gentlemen i just want you to understand this show is excellent it is a podcast it is available on lovingliberty.net lydia nettle is the host the show is called ask an immigrant uh and it really highlights who we are as a people because, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's got an immigrant story. If it's not your own personal story, uh, then it's your family's story that gets passed down from generation to generation. There's not a single person here that's not affected by an immigrant story. And our kids need to hear this because they need to see the contrast. They need to, in order to value what you have, it's important to hear what it's like 
that when you don't have it. Like, it's hard to really value food unless you've been hungry, right? Yes. Hard to value liberty unless you hear these other stories of people that have been in bondage, persecuted, uh, murdered, uh, just because they believe something different, or extreme poverty. Um, <laughs> so these yeah. stories are amazing. And I want to make it clear. I don't want to be a woman. Okay? <laughs> I, I just don't want to be I'm a woman. Got that? Let's that. be very, Thank very you, clear. But I do want to be like my great, great, great grandmother, though. She was a hero. And we all She's have my heroes. hero. I think about her, and I just think, wow, I want to be as dedicated to my family as she was. And I think we all have heroes in our, if we look at our own family stories. And I think that's what's neat to find out, too, uh, is to, how did your family get here to America? We all have somewhere in our family history someone who got us here because they came here from wherever they were. I got a funny story. So I don't really like the Native American term exactly because I was born here, so I'm a Native American, right? <laughs> and yes. my, my mom and dad were born here too, so they're Native Americans, right? Uh, but anyway, I went to Alaska one time, and this guy on the, on the tour bus that we were on was talking about Native Americans, and I raised my hand and said, hey, I'm a, I'm a Native American. He laughed at me, and he goes, no, you're not. You're an American Native. <laughs> <laughs> I just went, wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get the point that he's trying to make, but I also get the point that at some point, though, uh, whether you immigrate here or whatever, the next generation, we have got to become Americans. And I, I don't mean that you should jettison your history or your culture or your ethnicity. It's fine to keep your family his history and heritage together. But at some point, you've got to become American. I love that. We are uh, all one nation. And we need to have a um, a united language, a general united understanding and culture and history, understanding of, of the principles that make America great so we can keep it great, passed on from generation to generation. And the old immigrants that came, I mean, yesteryear, understood this idea. In fact, many of them wouldn't even speak uh, their native tongues in their homes because they wanted to become Americans. They wanted to know English. They wanted to, and that might be a little far one way, but now they come many of the immigrants, and they have these bastions of, you know, it's Chinatown, it's this, it's that. We've got to somehow have a, a, a merging in the middle here. It's fine to keep your culture. I get it, and I'm for it. I love to celebrate the different cultures and learn about peoples and, and things. But at some point, we've got to become Americans, and, and I'm afraid that's not happening enough in America right now. I agree. In fact, we used to be called, or we used to teach that America was the great American melting pot. Now there's this thing called, you know, we're a tossed salad. Have you heard of that? <laughs> I have. And, and that's the highlight that I'm bringing in. It's not that I want them to leave their culture. This is right. nothing about denying your history or anything like that. But it is about creating a common, well, we talk about the culture. We're creating a common culture of conservative views, of understanding the proper role of government, understanding what government's role is, and understanding how we relate to that and how we relate to one another and, and how we're all God's children and we need to act like it. It's that, right? Yes, I totally agree. Totally right. agree. That's any, what united us. Any final words of wisdom? Uh, gosh, uh, the more we can do to teach our children these stories of their past heritage and of our country's founding, um, the, the stories are out there, and there's so many resources that we can tap into. Um, I love liber lovingliberty.net and... Uh, Liberty Roundtable, all yeah. these, all these uh, things that we can listen to to educate ourselves so we can pass that knowledge on to our children because we can't teach what we do not know as parents and grandparents. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever get down on America, if you ever get discouraged, if you ever get, all I'm telling you is ask an immigrant because they'll change your view in a hurry. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Lydia Nuttall, everybody, doing a phenomenal job. She's an author. Um, ForgottenAmericanStories.com is the website. Celebrating America's Constitution. I love that. But now she's also doing the Ask an Immigrant Show, which is a podcast on LovingLiberty.net. And this is Live from Freedom Fest, Liberty Roundtable. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman continuing live from Freedom Fest, having a fantastic time. And, man, everybody's here. People who believe in God, people who aren't sure there's a God, and people who don't believe in God, believe it or not. David Silverman is with me, and he's with Atheists for Liberty. It's an educational, nonprofit organization dedicated to, to defending this idea that, you know what? We need to have freedoms, okay? And you know what? There can be separation from freedom or from government and religion. No problem. You can still have freedom in doing so. Uh, David Silverman, welcome to the broadcast. Sir. Hey, thank you for having me on. All right. I'm a God-fearing guy, so I, I don't mean to highlight that to, to highlight differences. I mean to highlight that just because I, my goal is to gain understanding, okay? Sure. I don't play games. I don't bring guests on to try to play, you know, I don't do that. I, what we want to do is learn. We want to come together. We want to have a meaningful conversation of education. So uh, when you great. say you're an atheist, it yeah. means you don't believe in God or you don't believe God exists. Is that right? It means you don't have a belief in any gods. So we would okay. equate, we would equate you know, the normal, the, the, the common god of Yahweh with Zeus or Quetzalcoatl or anything else. It's all mythology to us. Now, that doesn't mean that we are absolutely sure that there are no gods exist. That's a misnomer. An atheist okay. is not somebody who is absolutely sure we know everything and are absolutely sure. An atheist is a person who does not have a belief in a deity. Okay. What about agnostic? Is that different? It is different. I hate the word agnostic, frankly. Agnostic is a word who is a word for representing somebody who does who's aware that they do not know everything in the universe. So I am an agnostic atheist, as most people are. They're I not see. on the same continuum. They're and most. They're, they're, and you they're, say not on the same continuum because right. they're different focus. Yes, one is about belief and one is about knowledge. I I'm an see. atheist because I don't have a belief. I'm an agnostic because I don't know everything. And, and the truth is, hey, knowledge is, I mean, if we all had the knowledge, we wouldn't be having a debate. Well, the thing is, you know, I hate the word agnostic, if I can just go off on a little bit of sure. a rant here, because, like, you and I are talking right now, and uh, tomorrow, if I say, you know, if somebody asks you if we had this conversation, you would say, yes, we had this conversation, I'm sure of it, right? Of you course. say, I'm sure all the time. But you're never sure, right? You're, you could be a brain in a vat in a spaceship. Yeah, right. you I could be never, wrong. I could be a day off. I could be. I mean, there could be all kinds of things. Wrong or you could be thought, dreaming. Right? You could be a simulation. Nobody sure. knows everything about. Nobody knows anything for sure at all. But we say we're sure a hundred percent. We say it all the time, yes. unless it's about God. Then we have this extra level. Okay. Then we say, oh well, I don't. I have the exact same belief that there's a God that 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 uh, this microphone that I'm holding is an is a God. I you know I have the exact same belief in any God, but since is God, I'm going to honor it more by saying, I don't know everything in the world, so I'm going to give it that extra hedge. Got it. I understand. Yeah. All right. So how does that work um, when you translate that to politics or to life or to liberty? Uh, you know, are, are the agnostics uh, in your belief, um, uh, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, all the above too? Is there a layer of politics added to that? So there's a, there's, um, a commonality there. A lot okay. of atheists are left-leaning. Okay? okay. And when I was president of American Atheists, it was about 85% Democrat, 85% left. Okay. But what has happened since then, as I don't know if everybody knows this or not, the left went crazy. 
right? Yeah, for sure. And so right now there are tens of millions. And, and of, even people who are agnostics believe the left went crazy. The left went crazy. Okay. Yeah, the sure. left went racist. The left went crazy. The left went vapid. Okay. Yeah. You're and right. I can't be associated with them well, anymore. You're correct. I shouldn't say you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as they're concerned, I'm right because now I'm a yeah. left-leaning libertarian. Uh, because I can't go to the Republicans. The Republicans don't support the separation of church and state. The Republicans don't support bodily autonomy as far as abortion is concerned. I can't support them. So Understood. I am one of tens of millions of atheists who are leaving the left and coming to the middle, coming to libertarianism, I believe. And that's one of the things that Atheists for Liberty is doing here. We're making a soft landing for those people because there's a lot of religion here, but there's also a lot of atheism here. And you know what I love about libertarianism is we all get along. We're all on the same side. Yeah, because the what goal I love is about to say, place. you know what, leave me alone. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Just let me be. Small government is a good thing. Liberty sure. is a good thing. You own yourself. And uh, I, I personally take it uh, very, very personally, you know, that you own yourself and that it's the government's job to protect you owning yourself. And I think a whole lot of left-leaning atheists agree with me, and they're coming here. And to leave me alone, as long as I'm not hurting somebody else or doing exactly. something else, my rights end where yours begin. Exactly. As long as that's okay, then, hey, they've got no beef with me. They just need to leave me alone. Right. That's right. right. And Excellent. let's have a beer. Let's be friends. We have, we, have, that. We, have, we have problems in this world that we need to cure. We need to fix, okay? And the only way we're going to fix it is if we put the small things, like religious differences aside, work together toward a common goal and get those problems solved. All right. Let's talk about your website and your uh, mission for a little bit. Sure. Atheists for Liberty. Dot org. Dot org, yes. And, and so uh, what's the education then? Give me an idea of kind of some of the publications or the education. What, what might I go through for my education, if you will? Well, uh, Atheist for Liberty has a bunch of different programs as far as game nights and programs. and. Uh, okay, and, so things to do to, to associate uh, and have camaraderie yeah, we have, and friendship. We have, a, we have, a, we have a, a network of 10 state directors and growing right now. We're growing a network of local organizations that are not woke, local atheist organizations that are not woke. They still exist. We're organizing them. Um, and we're here raising the awareness of atheists not only here but also at CPAC uh, so that the the right of woke atheists have a soft landing when they leave the left and we're and we're providing we have a whole bunch of uh, and you know I got to speak a little bit outside of my age range here because I'm not quite doing this but uh, there's this thing called discord and there's a whole bunch of games that they're doing on discord like every week they're doing games on discord Uh, so they're having a lot of fun it's a little it's a little young for me but that's okay (laughs) Uh, does the libertarian party seem to match up most with the ideology or, or is it still all across the spectrum? So I am, I, I think I speak for a lot of atheists, okay? You own yourself, separation of church and state, okay? Yes. I think you're only going to get those two things at the Libertarian Party, okay? The left is going to tell you you don't own yourself. The right is going to tell you the church and state should be merged. Yeah, you own yourself except for religions above you. Yeah. If you will. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, and so... When you look, when I personally, now I have to speak personally, when I look at the Libertarian Party, I see, well, a lot of commonality between, um, between the Libertarian Party and where, where most atheists sit. Sure. And that's why I think there's a lot of people, that's why and, I think the Libertarian Party stands for a lot. And that's kind of why I ask question, I think by the nature, it l- lends itself to the Libertarian view. Yeah. Now, I, I ask real Libertarians, hardcore Libertarians, um, some of them would call themselves anarchists, so that doesn't mean they want to destroy everything anarchy like that. It means that they just don't need believe that we need a government or somebody above us. Right? Yeah. Okay, so I use anarchy in the, in the friendly term in the sense that uh, above us. How do we handle that in a meaningful way um, to say, well, I'm not really an anarchist or I'm a libertarian. Where's the rub there? 
Well, that's all a relative statement, right? Uh, authoritarianism versus anarchism, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scale, right? It's a, it's a continuum. And I think that what we need to do is we need to find that happy medium between the, the minimum size. We, we need to find the absolute minimum size of government. Okay, and I, I think that's what we're all going for. I think that's the ideal that we're all seeking. Here. Yes. What is the minimum size of government that's achievable in order for us to all have our autonomy and all have our freedoms? Okay, nobody wants complete lawlessness. Nobody's asking for that, and I know the anarchists are not asking for that. Um, but there are people asking for totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Sure. And I, I think um, what we need to do is not combat that with um, with another extreme. I think we just need to continue to fight this this moving target of where the perfect balance of freedom and government is going to be. David Silverman, let's unite and get it done, sir. Thank let's you do so it much. Together. President Joe Biden is meeting with the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. I guess I will see the the King and the Crown Prince, but that's they, that's not the meeting I'm going to. They'll be part of a much larger meeting. This comes despite saying he'd only meet with his father. The change of plans also come just two years after Biden vowed to make the Middle Eastern Kingdom a quote pariah. In 2020, Biden stated that the Saudi regime was to blame for the 2018 murder of a Washington Post columnist. Even though the prince denied being involved in the killing, U.S. intelligence was adamant that the Saudi ruler had ordered the hit at its consulate in Turkey. This is USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars at the amazing low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490. Former President Donald Trump says he's already made a decision about whether to run again in 2024. In an interview with New York Magazine, Trump said his, quote, big decision will be whether he announces before or after November's midterm elections. There's going to be some changes with United Healthcare options. Health insurance company United Healthcare announced during an earnings call Friday. Starting next year, United Health will stop charging a copay to its fully insured members for several critical medicines, including insulin. 
Red-hot inflation has led many patients to ration life-saving drugs and become sicker as a result. CEO Andrew Witte added, This all depends upon manufacturers restraining and lowering the list price of their products, which is the fundamental driver of costs. End quote. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. This is USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, from Freedom Fest. Everybody's gathering for the next day of fantastic freedom, festivities, fun, education, and a whole lot more. Carla Howell is with me this time, ladies and gentlemen. And we had her on last year at Freedom Fest. And she had a country song, and she's doing videos and a whole lot more. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a liberty activist. She's also a, uh, what do you want to call her, a composer, a recording artist, not to mention filmmaker. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, Carla. Thank you. Very nice to see you. So how would your last video go? When we talked, you were just in the middle of making it, right? Yes, that one got released early this year. It's called First Do No Harm. It's hip-hop and pop and alternative, kind of. The one that was filmed here at at Freedom Fest is called Good Folks. It's country-ish, more of a country song. Yes. Um, That is about gun rights and our right to self-defense. Amen. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm very honored to have... Have been chosen to be screened here at, at the at in the Anthem Film Festival, which is part of Freedom Fest, and um, I've gotten very nice feedback from it. And um, my biggest hope, you know, libertarians already agree with the message in the in the song, which is that people need self defense, gun laws don't work, and gun laws make things worse. It's a it's kind of a it's a pr- not exactly a cheery film, you know, it's a pretty heavy subject, but Excuse me. But it, so people here agree with that. But a lot of people don't understand it who are being fed propaganda every day if, lately in big fat truckloads. You know. Yes, yeah, so what it, happens it, is they agree in theory and then the day to day they get confused. Right? Or they don't even think about it. I, you know, I think a lot of people, and, and that's, this film is a reflection of my own transformation from being anti gun before I discovered libertarianism to being pro-gun, and I think there's a lot of people like me who don't, they don't use guns, or how I was, they don't use guns, they don't know much about them, they don't know people who, in their circles, they don't exist. In my life, before the mid-90s, guns almost didn't exist, except in the movies, you know, they weren't, they were just not even real to me, so, you know, so I was very susceptible and did buy into the idea that people don't need handguns, and they don't need Assault rifles, whatever those are, you know, uh, maybe hunting. Okay, I can see people going out and hunting. I eat meat. People eat meat. Someone's got to kill the animals. Okay, I can buy that part. But, you know, a handgun. So I was just very naive. And I think there's a lot of people who are and people, especially people in cities and suburbs like I was, they just don't know. And I want to show them this other side of the story. And that's what good folks does. So I really implore libertarians to share it 
with those people who are not already with us on this issue. I don't want to use the term woke anymore because they've stolen it. We used to say, hey, what, what, what made right. you wake up? Now, now right. they've kind of stolen the woke term. But what, what was the transition for you? What made you go, ah, I get it. Interesting question. Um, so when I got active with the Libertarian Party in the mid-90s, I asked, how can I volunteer? How can I help? And someone said, well, why don't you go to this gun show coming up and collect, collect signatures <laughs> yeah. for a candidate? And I was like, I'm thinking, trying to hide my shock, a gun show? This I, again? I, I didn't know there were gun shows. <laughs> and, okay, I agreed to go. And I walk in, and there's this display cases everywhere of these scary-looking knives and guns. I was just, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and... But the, the show wasn't well attended, so I had time to walk around and talk to the different dealers there. And, my God, they were intelligent, Normal. articulate. They were very safety conscious. Ooh. And I was like, this isn't what I thought gun people were like. And, and then, um, so, you know, I, I got the memo there. And, and libertarians had also been sort of changing my mind and, inform, you know, educating me on guns. So I became pro-gun. I ran for office. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was the aha moment. And then when I ran for office, supporting, advocating for repeal of bad gun laws, um, met many gun owners, and I was always impressed. Yeah, and by... I replaced bad with unconstitutional gun laws, but I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, I was just so impressed with what good people they were, how respectful they were. How... Yes. And I'd been in a lot of different political crowds, you know, marijuana, you know, and the war on drug crowd, drug, anti-tax crowd. And these are some of the most respectful, civil-minded yes. of all of them. Yes. I was like, yeah. wow, I can't believe this. And then as I ran for office and saw the propaganda, the anti-gun propaganda that demonized these people, I was like, no, people need to know who these people are. They're good folks. And that's the song, Good right. Folks. Amen. What's the film called? Good Folks. The film's the called same Good as Folks. The, it's the song's a, it's called a, Good Folks. Yeah, it's the official music video for the song Good Folks. All right. And what's coming up for you then? What are you doing now? So I will be releasing more songs coming up. I uh, will probably be releasing a song called Politicians Say coming up soon. I also have some not apolitical songs that I'm going to be putting out. Um, this year I expect to release Politicians Say, which is basically what they say and what is really going on. Yeah, not what and, they do, I understand. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, the other one is a, a personal song. It's a memorial to my late brother who was autistic. Oh, so, a pressure with um, him. Yeah. A pressure with the family. So uh, I'll, I'll ask you this. Um, you know, I, uh, as you know, am the operations director, the vice president of operations for the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association right over there. Mm, love them. And so I'm the VP of operations there. And um, one of the things that we hate is the song that Eric Clampton wrote, I Shot the Sheriff. Makes sense, right? Mm. We hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like that either. I mean, I don't even know what the song's supposed to mean. Well, it's just but... supposed to mean this guy basically gets in trouble and the sheriff comes after him and he shot the sheriff and he didn't really mean to, but he had to, right? Yeah. Kind right. of a thing. Right. It's just a right. rebel song, right? Right. However, we kind of, I got this idea and I'm bringing it up to as many musicians uh, recording artists, whatever that I can. I'm hoping someone will eventually take me up on this. So I thought, what if we redid the song? We said, I back the sheriff, <laughs> and I also back his deputy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Couldn't, we, couldn't <laughs> somebody write that? Yes, I like I it. I don't know who could, but I, or, I'm hoping somebody will take me up on it. Yeah, or I shot the bad guy. Yeah, there that? you go. 
and, and something about I shot the bad guy and I'm grateful to be your sheriff or I'm glad to be the elected sheriff or I, I don't know. I'm glad to be the county sheriff or uh, the importance of the I don't know. Yeah. But all I'm telling you is somebody could do kind of a riff off that and probably do pretty well. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Of course, I'm just a redneck and I can't write it or produce it. Yeah. But I can uh, talk about it. Well, that, I, I throw it out there. Someone can do it. Yeah, somebody will do it hopefully uh, someday. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of fun. Um, I know you're a recording artist, but you're also a, a filmmaker. What? Where's your passion? Is it all of them? Uh, my passion is liberty. My passion is oh, yeah. My passion is small government. You Ooh. know, I wrote the songs because I, I thought, you know, when I became a libertarian in the 90s, I said, having been a, a hippie flower child in the early 70s in high yeah. school, I saw how music played a pivotal role in in the anti-war movement. It was very integral to the yes, anti-war sure. movement. And I thought, this libertarian movement needs music. So Yes, it does. Yeah, so I, deci- I decided I just set out to write a bunch of songs because of that. All right. What's the best way to keep up with you? Do you publicly speak and cruise around the country and stuff? I haven't heard much from you between now and then, really. Or the, You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been doing other... I've been uh, working on films, mostly, is what... Right. what it's not too public. What, what it's films? grinding work. <laughs> I hear that. What other films are you involved in? So, two other music videos, one for the song... First to No Harm, which I was filming last year and spent some time editing. And boy, howdy, is that an important one of the COVID era, First to No yeah. Harm people. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, that's a serious message. Yes, and also a song called uh, Yak Yak Bourbon, which shows the parallels between the alcohol prohibition and the drug prohibition. That's what that song's about. Yeah, so. neither will work, ladies and gentlemen. Legislating morality ain't going to work. But teaching people the principles of liberty and teaching people the principles of self-government and teaching people to turn to God, family, and country will work. In fact, it's funny to me, speaking of the drug war, um, how they always run these commercials from the Ad Council and everywhere else, and they say, parents are the greatest anti-drug for your children. Parents, be involved. Parents, know where your children are. Parents, But yet then they think that they can do all this other stuff. Isn't that message just that simple? Be involved. Be part of a family. Look to God. Um, preaching the word of, of liberty will do more for the minds and hearts of people than anything else will. And they, they seem to get it, but there's no connect, right? Yeah, and, and you can't learn personal responsibility when someone's telling you what to do. And especially teenagers who like to do what exactly the opposite of what you tell them to do, right? So yeah. so you you want to impress upon them the consequences of hurting themselves, hurting someone else, and um, and hold them to account and, you know, recognize they're transitioning to adults and, you know, deal with the best you can. It's, it, tragedies happen. You know, you can't always control what people do. Um, and that's true no matter what your government policy is. But you're going to have a lot less of the tragedies, a lot fewer tragedies, a lot less um, people making the wrong choice when they're when they're brought up in a in an environment of personal responsibility and the government won't save you i'm sorry and experiencing consequences yes yeah right. so i'm just the don't hurt me don't take my stuff guy that's all i am oh you're more than that <laughs> i know you care about i do care the hurt the hurt that is imposed on people when government comes in saying they're doing they're helping and they're not they're making things worse and they've got ulterior motives and you know, for me, and I think for most sentient human beings, we don't like it when people get hurt, and that's—I want to stop that, and I want to—I st- want to see the results of stopping that, which is more prosperity, less crime, more civil, harmonious behavior, um, more love, more prosperity, 
all the good things in life just get bigger and better when we're free. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. The website is CarlaHowell.com to keep up on what she's doing. Check out her films, her videos, her raps, her country songs, and her genuine effort to advance the sacred cause of liberty. Carla, thanks. Thank you so much. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live from Freedom Fest. We have an interesting guest now. Her name is Dale Warswick, uh, and she is a brand advocate for a group called Pet Club 24-7. And her website, quantumhealing247.com. Dale, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you. Thank you for being uh, having me. All right, well, let's talk about who you are for just a quick second. Um, who are you? Well, uh, my name is Dale, and my regular job is I'm a flight attendant. And I wow. um, also I met some people who are into this pet club food, and uh-huh. they introduced me to it uh, just recently. All right. And so I want I'm, to get into the pet food in just a second, but you're a flight attendant currently? Yes. Do you dare say who with? Southwest. All right. I don't want to get in trouble or anything. That's why I'm kind of hesitating a little bit. So what do you think of all the COVID stuff, being a flight attendant and everything else? I want to hear kind of your take. Oh, wow. Um, well, I think it's been really tough on a lot of people. It's I heard been that. really, really hard. Yes, ma'am. Um, so we've had to have a lot of patience uh, with dealing with all the different restrictions and policies that have been put into place. But we've all been getting through it. What do you think about the idea that the government mandated masks and then really the court said, no, you can't do that? Well, it's something that, you know, it is what it is. And we had to deal with people who didn't believe in wearing the masks, and I don't blame them, but we just have to follow the procedures. The problem for the average employee is this. You know what? What do you do when your boss says you got to do something? It's the private sector, and if your boss says so as an employee, you kind of got to do it, right? Well, I think it's an individual choice. You know, not everybody has to. There were some people that chose not to uh, pursue that uh, and keep the job uh, because they didn't really want to wear the mask. But then again, I think it's a personal choice, and it's up to you. Amen to that. Did you have people that were... Uh, rowdy and out of control and stuff, or were people mostly respectful and polite? Well, my experience, because I get paid to have fun, so I try to make the people's journey um, a good, fun journey. Um, Some people got um, irritated because they were told they have to wear the mask, but the thing is, is that you try to make it a good experience as much as possible. And I never experienced anybody get out of line with me. Oh, good. I would... uh, treat them with respect and i would treat them with kindness so and i would just have fun and they you know followed the rules that way i like that do you have any pet peeves at all with being a flight attendant that people do it's like come on guys stop already (laughs) oh well there's we don't have time for that that. the reason i bring it up though is they have all these articles in some of these newspaper organizations or you know kind of entertainment news or whatever else and they're like um, you know, greatest pet peeves of flight attendants and this and that and you know what can people do to make the experience better is the reason i ask the question well, my like I said, I get paid to have fun. So I think the there's a lot of pet peeves, but you have to deal with people and treat them with respect. And you have to be understanding. And I learned that very begin in the very beginning of my career because there are people that are going through so many things and you have no idea what they're dealing with, where they're sure. going, what they're doing. 
and then you find out they're going through a very traumatic experience. So even though you're trying to follow the FAA regulations, you still have to be careful and understand where, where they're coming from as well. Sure. There's always ways to de-escalate is the point. Exactly. Yes. And that's how you do it. You de-escalate by, right. by being nice and kind. The reason I ask is because, you know, everybody kind of wants to get inside of a flight attendant's mind and kind of understand mm-hmm. what it is from that side of the equation. And I know it probably isn't. Uh, I know you're paid to have fun, but at the same time, sometimes it can be not fun quickly uh, if people don't, you know, have genuine civility for one another. And I think that's where it really starts. Yeah, you just have to learn not to allow people to treat you disrespectfully. Um, And you have to nip that in the bud right away. Um, And even with that said, I would make people laugh. So anybody that's trying to be disrespectful will settle down because they see everybody else having fun and laughing. They're going to look really bad. So they kind of stop. I love it. I think that's the great way to provide leadership and to make a difference for people and give people uh, you know, a lot of times people are just on edge and, uh, you know, if people are having a rough day, sometimes a quick-witted little joke or a quick, you know, way to, um, I don't want to say praise them, but compliment them or whatever else can just change the, the whole tenor in an instant, right? Oh, exactly. And the very, very first thing I do is I'm, I start saying jokes. I start picking on people and they absolutely love it. And I have a great <laughs> time with them. And I tell you, my thing is that when they get off that airplane, they love their flight. They will go home and tell them about the wonderful experience they had. Yeah, people are running around going, Southwest, baby. Yeah, <laughs> right. this is why I love Southwest. So what I try to do whenever I go into a situation, uh, especially where it's kind of crowded and people are already kind of a little bit on edge, and it's, you know, it's, uh, people are out of their comfort zones in many ways for a lot of different reasons, obviously. What I try to do, though, is I try to say, you know what, I'm going to be the most polite, fun-loving, respectful person that you've ever dealt with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people are like, really? I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of eases the situation, lets people know kind of where I come from and what I intend to do and how I intend to approach it. Uh, approach it, And that kind of makes a difference. All right. I didn't bring you on to be a flight attendant oh, discussion, no. <laughs> but I did feel like it was worthy of that little, Oh yeah. I don't know what you want to say, side trip for education for guys like me. That's kind of fun, right? All right. Let's talk about your position, um, ladies and gentlemen. So her name again, just if you're jumping in listening and you're jumping in midterm, you'll know. Her name is Dale Warswick. And she is a brand advocate for a group called Pet Club 24-7. And Pet Club 24-7 is a unique company designed to provide, I don't know what you call it, health food for pets is the best way that I could describe it. Right. Her website, ladies and gentlemen, quantumhealing247.com. So we're not just about um, food for pets. We've got a special health twist, though, to, to not only feed your pet, but to care for your pet and to provide treats for your pet that actually have kind of medicinal benefits, right? Exactly. All right. Tell me how it came to be and how you got involved. Well, I had some friends who were um, in doing this business, and they invited me to, to um, do it because I'm very uh, help into helping ki- uh, kids, uh, kids too, but uh, pets and animals so this food actually is for dogs cats and horses and it is so nutritious it's all organic um, good food nutritional supplements in it for treats and all the food is actually what you could actually eat as well as well as the pets but it's she actually told me if i ate one of these things i wouldn't bark so i kind (laughs) of like that well, I said no, no guarantee, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, but it's also very nutritional. 
Um, I've had so many testimonials of, of people who've been using the product and how they've had great results with their animals. And, and I have, too. And let's just start. A lot of animals are skittish of people due to circumstances. A lot of them are scared of, say, thunder or different things like that or firecrackers being kind of around the 4th of July kind of an idea. Um, a lot of these are designed to create calm and stability for animals, right? Yes. Well, there, some of the products, they have like CBD cookies uh, for things like that. We sold a lot of those over the 4th of July, obviously, because of the fireworks. And it really calms a lot of them down. Um, a lot of the products, they have a mushroom in it, which is the Coriolis versicular mushroom, which is a very rich nutrient mushroom. Coriolis versicular. Exactly. Okay. Good job. <laughs> and it really helps um, do a lot of healing in the body, but it helps the immune system, uh, not only for the pets, but for uh, us humans as well. And it's really doing some amazing things. They have over 400 clinical trials separately that have been done by major universities and um, uh, places where they've done um, clinical trials on this mushroom, and they've had amazing results. And criminal trials not only on the mushroom, but with animals specifically, dogs, cats, and horses. As well, yes. And, and they've seen major results of, of animals being healed on um, their issues, some of them like skin allergies, um, uh, arthritis, even cancers, you know, diabetes, stuff like that. And arthritis is a big one, especially if you have some of the elderly pets <clears throat> and stuff. We all want to keep our pets around as long as we can, and sometimes we feel bad when they're in. You can obviously tell they're in pain and stuff like that. So we're talking about not, decreasing inflammation. That's one of the biggest things for not only humans but animals, too. Hey, if you can reduce some of that inflammation, um, you can bring back quality of life, right? Oh, yes, um, and that's the big thing. And Like you just said, the inflammation is what contributes to some of the diseases coming up and by getting them on these products which is wet food dry food all the different uh, nutrient foods and and treats that they have it helps them get their immune system back and helps them clear up some of the issues and it works to balance out the body now i'm going to bring up something interesting i don't know how the response will be but check this out ladies and gentlemen think about this whenever you talk about health food for the average American, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to eat this. It's not going to taste good. It's going to be. And, and so we kind of tolerate some of the taste challenges for what we know is good for us discussion a lot of times. Um, these animal treats, though, they gobble them up, huh? Oh, they love them, especially there's a treat. Um, and my cats actually love this. Um, they have antler treats. Um, for the cats, they have the antlers, which no animal is hurt during this process. They're just fallen um, um, antlers, but the they put it into a powder form. Uh, hold on, let's back up just for a second, so people understand. Naturally, the body of an animal discards their antlers, right? Exactly, is what you're saying. And then we basically take this. Go ahead. And then they put it into a powder form, and they make it into like a jerky, and um, it's full of rich nutrients, uh, vitamins, um, and uh, calcium, and those kind of things. Minerals, sure. Minerals. Thank you. Um, they put those in there, so they, they get the rich nutrients in there, and they chew on them uh, so it's not getting toxics in their uh, system. Whereas dogs who go to the store and you get the dog um, 
the treats or the even the dog toys they're chewing on them but they get stuck in their throat they get stuck in their stomach they're swallowing um, toxins and chemicals when they're chewing on these things and they end up getting stuck in their system and they have to have surgery or they manifest into something so this is a, another way of having something that's natural and, and uh, nutritional. All right. Now, the CBD specifically, I want to highlight that a little bit because I know quite a bit about it. <clears throat> it reduces inflammation. It basically helps with pain. It helps with uh, relaxation. If you're kind of on edge, uh, believe it or not, there's ADD for animals too kind of a <laughs> thing, right? Or ADHD for animals or whatever. This helps a lot with that kind of stuff if, you're, if your pet just becomes on edge. And as they start to age, that's what happens, right? Yes, and again, you, they will relax and they become calm. There was a lady that I just talked to yesterday here, and she has a, a, her dog has been very anxious and um, has a lot of, um, I don't know what you call it, but just anxiety. So uh, she wants to put, you know, try the CBD cookies so she can help calm him down because that was after going to the vet, and she said he had a traumatic experience there and has been anxious ever since all right ladies and gentlemen just kind of a unique thing to help you with your family pets ladies and gentlemen we're talking about quantum healing 247.com uh, dale have i left out anything important i know it's just kind of a highlight people are going to have to go to the website to learn more and get the deets on uh, nutritional facts and and all that kind of stuff and how to order and all that uh, but have we left out anything you really want to highlight well uh just a couple of things of sure. i want to mention is that these, um, all these uh, products that are in there um, are good for not only nutritional, good for the animals, but they help keep them away from the vet's office and helps them save money in that aspect. Okay. They, um, they also have videos on there which shows you the testimonials, also shows you about how, how many of the pet food companies have been recalled on their food items um, for the stuff that they've been putting in their food. And, it's and so you're not talking about the food that you're selling. You're talking about the, basically the mainstream stuff the that's out mainstream, there. mainstream, exactly. You get kind of a recalls or whatever on what's kind of wrong or what's happening so you can look out for your pet and make sure they don't uh, eat the bad stuff. Yes, exactly. And that's what's um, got toxins and chemicals and GMOs and carcinogens in it, whereas the, um, pet food, uh, the pet club does not have in it. All right, that's important, ladies and gentlemen, because you, you know a lot of people are familiar with that for us, the humans. But it's true for your pet, too, and it's something to really kind of be aware of for those who love their pets, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there is videos up there where you can kind of learn more. I am not up there barking, but I am <laughs> up there on the website Howling at the Moon, if you want to check that out. No, I'm just kidding. Not true. Um, but you can still go to quantumhealing247.com and learn more about this organization. Um Pet Club 24-7. Dale, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And part of the proceeds go back to the CSPOA. Ooh, ooh, ooh now it's getting better. I'm going to give the website again just for that. <laughs> QuantumHealing247.com. And proceeds, part of the proceeds go back to CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Dale Warswick, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Liberty Roundtable live from Freedom Fest, baby.